0: Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. welcome to the mark podcast i am elizabeth heineman and i am here with my co-host kelly king hello kelly hey elizabeth we've got a fun new guest today i know it's so exciting today on the podcast we have tara lee cobble and we are very excited to talk to her so tara lee what we do on our podcast is we often have our guests introduce themselves so tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry
2: well, hello ladies, I'm happy to be here with you all and to get to talk to all your listeners today. I live in Dallas, Texas. I am from East Tennessee and um, I spend my days helping people learn to read and understand and love the Bible and I do that in a variety of ways. I do that through um, an organization called dGroup where we have weekly Bible studies that meet in homes and churches around the world. I do it through a daily podcast called The Bible Recap, a daily radio show called The God Shot, through some books and Bible studies now with you guys, and um, speaking engagements and trips to Israel. Just any way I can get in front of people and talk about the Bible and the Lord and how great it all is, I love to do it. And I also love puffins. Those are my favorite animal. (laughs) I love
1: it. (laughs) That's that's great. That's great. So we're going to we're going to dive into some of the things that you do, yes, because I feel like you do a lot. Yes. I was just going to say, could you add some more to that? I
0: mean, <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> you, I, it's easy. since I since I'm not married, don't have any children or pets. Um, I have plenty of time on my hands to. Right. Well, that's making me look bad because
0: I am in the same situation. And I, I'm like, I just work all day. I don't know. But yes, um, let's talk about your new study. Tell us about He's Where the Joy is.
2: Oh, yeah. So I wrote a Bible study on the Trinity as my first Bible study. Like, you know. (laughs) No big deal. Right. (laughs) Easy on ramp, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, I, you know, when I was talking with the team at Lifeway about this study um, or the the things that I might want to write a study on, and there were all these things I was interested in. And um, my agent, Lisa, she just said, you lit up when you talked about the Trinity. You just Mm -hmm. lit up. And she was like, I really think that's what you need to write about. And I realized like that is something that I get so excited about all the things that I've learned about the Trinity, because it is such a big topic and it feels so intimidating. And so when you start to be able to grasp something that felt out of your reach, it's exciting. And... So that's what made me really want to to lean into this topic and be able to share that excitement, pass it along to other people who are in the same boat as me, who are like the Trinity, what, you know, Um, and just be able to pass along that understanding and that knowledge because knowledge feeds love. So Mm -hmm. I'm all about it.
1: I love that. Yeah, and I, I know that it can be intimidating, and there are a lot of times that we get things wrong about it. Um, and so I, I'm curious as to how you prepared for it. What were some of the things that mm-hmm. you that you kind of used in your background study for it? You know, maybe some commentaries, things like that, because it is it's such a vital part of our faith, mm-hmm. and but yet it's a big mystery too.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of digging into commentaries. I did um, some. I, one of the things that I did was I read just about every book that I could get my hands on uh, about the Trinity. In the in the time that I had, I probably read maybe maybe fifteen books. Mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of sermons, um, and really, they're they're kind of two different camps of study that you can do when, when studying the Trinity, as far as like understanding it, you can sort of understand scriptures teaching on the Trinity itself. And then you can try to understand how the, the, the words teaching on the Trinity is distinct from other world religions. Mm. And so what I wanted to do was start in that first lane. I like wanted to help people get a grasp on the Trinity. Who is God? Um, Mm -hmm. And there are other great books out there that, you know, one of my favorite books is called Delighting in the Trinity. Yes.
1: Yes. And we both, Elizabeth and I are big fans of that one. Yes,
2: It's such a great book. And, you know, what it does a lot of is compare Christianity to other world religions and teaches you about the Trinity in the process. But I really wanted to kind of back up and just start at the beginning and like, who is God? What does scripture say about Christianity, um, Christian beliefs, as far as the Trinity is concerned? Because, um, that is that that's where it all begins and knowing who god is informs everything about our relationship with him otherwise we're we're in a relationship with a god we don't really know mm-hmm. you know yeah so um i did spend a lot of time reading books and decided in that reading that i really wanted to go with that first lane of um getting to know what scripture says about the trinity so it's a scripture heavy study for sure
1: yeah. And and what's interesting is that in scripture the word trinity is never used, but we definitely see
2: it. We see it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I one of the the quotes that I read that I um I love that I found really helpful was um it talks about how basically the word what you just said the word trinity is never used in scripture, but the idea is throughout scripture and it would be kind of like if you said um Six plus three equals nine, and you never you never say the word nine, but you say six plus three. Then we know nine, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what Scripture has done is it's given us six plus three, um, and not to confuse numbers with the Trinity, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, I could have said ten plus four equals fourteen. It doesn't say fourteen, but it says ten plus four. You know, that same mm-hmm. idea of all of the components are there, but the word is just never used to encompass it all,
0: right? Yeah. Well, along with that, like you talked about delighting in the Trinity, and, you know, we talked about how it's kind of an intimidating subject, but you titled it He's Where the Joy Is, which we know that's kind of like the tagline for your podcast and for the Bible recap. But mm-hmm. what made you decide to use that as the title for this study, um, especially since it is kind of more of a heady study, uh, studying the Trinity, how we normally think about it? So, how can we find joy even in the midst of? of that more heady
2: theological concept? So one of the things that I found to be true in my relationship with the Lord, and honestly in my relationship with anything that I love, the more I know and understand it, the more I love it. So uh, sidebar, the first time I ever went to New York City, I hated it. I didn't understand it. Like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm lost all the time. The second time I understand it a little bit better. And the third time I was like, when can I move here? <laughs> and um, I just yeah. The more I understood, okay, here's how the subway works. Here's how the grid system works. Right. Here's why people um, walk fast. Here's why people do this. And the more I understood it, the more I came to love it. And that has been the same in my relationship with the Lord is that when I, when I love something and I learn more about it, like my joy is heightened and I get very excited about anything that I can like learn more about knowledge feeds love it really does and you know Jen Wilkin uh, another Lifeway author says Mm -hmm. the heart cannot love what the mind does not know Mm -hmm. and so that's why I want to invite people into this heady study Mm -hmm. by enticing them in with joy to let them know Yes this is something that you're going to it's you're going to be learning that's why we do studies we do studies <laughs> not on things we fully understand we do studies to learn so it will be stretching your brain you're going to be learning things you don't know but guess what it's not on the other side of this it's not just going to be you having a bunch of head knowledge. You're not just going to be sitting in your room thinking about how smart you are. You're going to be falling in love with the Lord more. You're going to be more drawn to his word. It's going to impact the way you treat people, the way you respond to people, the way you engage with the world around you, the way you view your future, the way you view your past. It impacts everything when you have a right view of God.
1: Hmm. Yeah, That's I feel like an analogy, like, yeah. Preach. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, and just what you said about like, New York City and just kind of that that really puts a picture in my mind because there have been places like that where you visit and it's unfamiliar and there are subjects that we touch on that we're unfamiliar with but the more we get into it and the more knowledge we have the more in love we fall in love with it so okay just sidebar what would be your favorite city to go to is there (laughs) one that you haven't been to or one that you've been to that you go that's my favorite
2: Oh, well, I love New York City, but I have lived there, so it doesn't feel like visiting yeah. if you're coming <laughs> home. But I, I'm telling you, I love Tel Aviv. I love yeah. Jerusalem. I, my favorite cities, apart from America, are in Israel. I just love Israel.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit more about your trips there and, and what you learn about <laughs> God in Israel that you um, may not be able to learn or it can't learn as well, I guess I should say, yeah. um, I- where you are.
2: I think the way that I best describe going to Israel, I never want anybody who hasn't been to Israel to feel like they have a second rate relationship with the Lord. Right. right? You're not a second tier Christian because you haven't been (laughs) to Israel, you know. Um, Right. But what I tell people is it's kind of like if you fall in love with a man and then you go meet his family. Um, And you're like, oh, now I understand why, where your laugh came from or why you, you know, why you have this mannerism or where you got that weird eyebrow, you know, like you understand, you understand them in this new dimension and like you like, you already have a relationship with that man, but now you understand sort of the background of everything. And that's what happens when you go to Israel. Um, you know, people will say it's like the Bible, you know, you can see it in 3d. And for me, I, every page of the Bible that I open up and read, I can visualize what I'm reading, which is really helpful for me because I am a visual learner in a lot of ways. So for me to be able to piece those things together is super helpful. And, um, I got, you know, I got that love for Israel through my dad. He used to lead tours there and I never got to go with him. He's still alive, but I, I never got to go with him um, because he stopped doing that before I was born. Um, but he talked about it all the time. And so when I finally got the chance to go, I fell in love with it. And my dad was like, you should lead tours. I can help you get started with that. And so now I just go every chance I get. Love and
1: have you gotten to go since COVID?
2: I have, I've been twice since COVID. I went four okay. months in May and June. Um, I am working, I'm working on a book about Israel. And so that's, I was able to go on a work permit. And then we took our first tour group a couple of weeks ago and okay. I'm ready to leave in another month or so to take another tour group through um, a, a special program that the Ministry of Tourism has to bring back tourists and a lot of hoops you have to jump through, but I'll, ju- I'll jump through just about any put in front of me to get to Israel. <laughs> so yes. I
1: get it. So, yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the D group and that you founded that. So, tell us a little bit more about what that is, and and just why discipleship and the community of being in discipleship with other, you know with other believers is so important.
2: Yeah. Um, so. I'm, I'm excited because we're going to do He's Where the Joy Is in D-Group. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah. so we're going to launch 2022. So I'm super excited to study the Trinity with uh, my, my people. But um, D-Group, it stands for Discipleship Group, as you mentioned. And we just, it started with me and nine girls in a living room. And I really just wanted, you know, I would go to community groups and it would be great. You'd make friends, you'd talk, you'd have dinner, you'd maybe talk about the sermon on Sunday. And I'd been to like Bible studies that were kind of like book clubs and that was great. But I knew I needed some spiritual disciplines in my life that I wasn't going to do on my own. So things like scripture memory, things like confession of sin, things like praying out loud. Um, And so those were things that I really wanted as a part of my life. And they weren't accessible in the small groups that existed at my church. So I went to the pastor and I said, Hey, I want to start this thing. That's kind of like the CrossFit of Bible studies. Like it's going to be intense. We're going to that in. we're going to memorize chunks of scripture, like not just a verse at a time, but like entire passages, one verse at a time, but to write passage cumulatively. And, and, you know, initially he was kind of like, good luck. But then <laughs> then they found some people who wanted to do that with me. And now, you know, what started as me and these nine girls in a living room is, um three hundred groups around the world. We've partnered with other churches who they use it as one of their ready- made you know plug and play discipleship plans, um, which has been great because then their staff isn't trying to come up with curriculum and build out programming. Mm-hmm. They can just do face-to-face ministry. Mm-hmm. And so we partner with them, we build out these studies and um, we meet for two hours every week in homes and churches and online for people who can't do an in-person group. and it's the place where I am known and seen and where I confess my sin and where I'm challenged to do the things that I want to do anyway, but wouldn't do on my own.
0: Yeah. Can someone um, get how can someone get involved with a D group if maybe their church doesn't do it? Is it just through the local churches or is there another way to you know, get
2: involved? We have there there are um, lots of groups that are not um, church partners, but okay. um, but if they go to mydgroup.org and Mm -hmm. click on the, I think there's a start link or a find a D group link or something like that, that they can um, click on and it will show them just the various options. And if there's not one in their area, then they can either start one with just one other person uh, or they can join an online group in the meantime and, and just kind of get rolling with it. So we try to, one thing I try to do in everything I do is remove the obstacles that keep people from getting in the word and in community of the word. And so we want to just get everything out of the way (laughs) somebody from being able to be involved.
1: Do yeah. you offer some training for the leaders, like kind of a separate thing that kind of, because I think that sometimes is intimidating for
2: people yeah. to go, I don't even know how to start. I don't know how to lead a group. It is intimidating, isn't it? So we, yeah. first of all, we tell our leaders, Hey, you don't have to know everything and uh, we don't expect you to be perfect. And your house doesn't even have to be clean. Um, mm-hmm. We're not concerned about those things. <laughs> You're just a facilitator. Um, like you're facilitating, we hand you everything and we do put them through a six-step training process. Um, we do it all online and, you know, it involves them sharing their testimony with us, us getting a recommendation from, you know, someone on their church staff and um, an interview with someone on our team. So we, w- we really want to get to know them and make sure they're people that um, we can position as leaders, but we also want to equip them for what they're going to, to face. So we have that that training process. And it takes most people about a week to do it and get set up. And um, we love our leaders, just men and women of all walks of life. And we, we love it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned that one of your favorite things is just to get all of the obstacles out of the way. And I think that that is a big part of the Bible Recap uh, mm-hmm. podcast and now the book, Bible Recap. So tell us a little bit about that. I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but tell us some more about that and what prompted you to start the Bible Recap.
2: <laughs> so I'll, I'll zoom out to to the last question first, which okay. is, <laughs> why did I start it, um, is because I, for a few years, was in full-time ministry and hadn't read the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And a pastor friend pulled me aside and asked me, have you read the whole Bible? And I said, I'm sure I've pieced it together over the years. Like I became a Christian when I was four. My first job was working at my family's Christian bookstore. I was in church three times a week, private Christian school, like the whole nine. I'm sure I've pieced it together. And he was like, "Um, you need to start today, read the whole thing. And I didn't didn't want to, you guys, Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to. And so I had to kind of check my heart on like, why are you wanting to go stand on a stage and talk to people in full-time ministry about why they should love a God whose word you don't even want to read. Mm. And so he, he encouraged me to read it chronologically. He said, it's going to make more sense if you do it in order as opposed to front to back. And I I didn't even know that the Bible wasn't laid out chronologically. I thought it was laid out in the order that the story happened. (laughs) And um, so he, he, you know, set me up with this plan on the YouVersion, the Bible app um, Mm -hmm. to be able to read it chronologically. And so I started and I read it and Reading scripture changed my life. It was a complete flip; like it was like the lights came on in a way that I had I had been I had been under all of this teaching my whole life, and all of this secondhand knowledge of God, and somehow I hadn't ever gone you know face to face with all of the words of His Word, and mm-hmm. when I did, my heart was transformed. And so I want that for everyone else. And I remembered, here's what kept me going in that year. What kept me going was when I hit patches that are confusing, which is all the time, Mm -hmm. I would contact that pastor and I would be like, what does this mean? Why is this important? I don't understand. Why would God say this? This seems mean. Like all of my questions, Mm -hmm. and he answered them. So what I want to do with the Bible recap is be that person for as many people as I can because every day they're gonna hit things that are like, what, why do I need to know this? I don't understand why this is in there. This seems to contradict that. And so what I do is, you know, people go and they read their three to four chapters a day, 12-ish minutes of reading, and then they either read the book, it's two, days a day, two pages a day, or they listen to the podcast, which is about eight minutes a day, and I explain what they just read, because every day I wanna get them over the hump so that they pick up the Bible the next day.
1: Okay, I, I want to peel back the curtain just a little bit because I've listened to the podcast for quite some time. And the things that you pull out and some of the research that I can tell you've done, I'm just amazed at, I mean, it, there's a lot in there. So tell us a little bit about that process and like, do you have people who help you with that? Or, you know, just I, I'm thinking even just putting together the script of what you're saying takes a while and has to.
2: It really did. It's, you're not kidding. Um, So whenever I (laughs) endeavored to do this, oh man, the Lord really humbled me because it was my, when I started doing this, it was my 10th trip through scripture. I had been through nine previous times. And so I had all of my journal notes from those nine previous times. And I thought this is going to take me like an hour per day of reading, you know? Um, And so I'll spend an hour a day on it. And what I didn't think through was the fact that I needed to be able to explain and Mm -hmm. tie things together and then like assume what other people's questions and obstacles might be. What questions might the reader have that I maybe didn't have? What do I need to put in there to explain things to them? And so it was honestly, I spent 15 months creating it um, at working about a hundred hours a week. And so it was a lot of um, just stacks of commentaries and study Bibles on my dining room table. And I would get out of bed in my pajamas and sometimes I wouldn't brush my teeth and I would sit at that (laughs) table for, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 15 hours a day and then I would go to bed and do it again the next day. Um, And for that 15 month time period, I really just it was the richest Intimacy with the Lord. It was so sweet, you guys. I was sad when it ended. Like mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be excited when it ended. I was so sad because I was like, I've just been hanging out with the Lord all day, every day for fifteen mm-hmm. months, yeah. and now it's coming to an end. Like now I have to go back out into the world, <laughs> and um, I, it was just really sweet. And then I had two weeks off, and then COVID hit, and so <laughs> I got to wow back into my apartment with the Lord again. <laughs> so. <laughs> But that's what I wrote. He's where the joy is. So you know, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. That's well, I what...
1: do. I, yeah. I mean, I just think about what what is in that, and what you've you know, you've kind of laid out a lot of things for the listeners, and it's it's rich. I mean, it's not just hey, we're just going to talk about this scripture. Like you've you've backed it up. You you have asked some hard questions, and you're like, so why did that happen in that passage? And you know, but here's here's some possibilities. And and you even talk about, hey, there's different interpretations of different yeah. things. And I I appreciate that that, you know, you can go,
2: hmm, maybe I never thought about that before. Yeah. So that's good. That was something that was really important to me. I really wanted to um anything that, that scripture, you know, uh, we, we, we always say we don't scream where scripture whispers and we don't whisper where scripture screams. And so if it's a place where scripture whispers, I don't want to close my fist around it. I don't want to say, and here's how it is. Um, so for instance, something that scripture does scream is that Jesus is God. And so, I'm never going to look at scripture and go, Some people say Jesus is not God, and here's some evidence to back that up. <laughs> like, I'm only going to give those options if it's something that, like, there are honorable scripture honoring God exalting options for those things. And so, for example, the baptism episode took me the longest amount of time to research and write because there are different views on baptism that I I feel like you can still be a Christian and have a different view than I have. And so what I wanted to do was um present some of the other views and and say, you know, like I I can disagree with this scripturally, but I also think that that person who has this other view is is my brother or sister in Christ. Mm. And so I interviewed pastors and other people who had different views than I had and wanted to make sure that they felt that their view was represented, and then I you know, would tag different resources in the show notes. And, and what I think that that actually does is I think it gives the listener the opportunity to dig in. It invites them to dig into scripture more so that either their viewpoint is challenged or their viewpoint is reinforced by their study of scripture and not by anything that I've said or done. Right. And so that's what I really wanted to do is hold these things with an open hand and invite people in to study the word more. That's my yeah. hope.
1: Yeah. Well, and even the new Bible study has an audio component, kind of a little bit of a podcast. Do you want to talk about that? because we've never done that before Lifeway it's a little yeah. different.
2: It's okay. So I, I love that you guys let me be, you know the the first person to step out into that. Um, I because I love to teach via audio and I love to to teach the word, What I wanted to do was be able to give people an option for listening to the chapter of the Bible, because we do have daily Bible reading with this study, and um, it's just one chapter a day, and it's a chapter that goes along with what we're studying that week in the study. So I just said, let me, how about I read that passage of scripture to them? in case they're audio learners, like a lot of people are. And then I unpack that chapter a little bit as it corresponds to our study of the Trinity. So there is this bonus daily teaching podcast. That's, you know, I think it's about four or five minutes a day. It's hard. It's hardly anything. But I think it really does help build out the study. So um, I love that I got to do that, that you guys kind of pioneered that idea alongside this study. Yeah, sure. well,
0: we're big fans of audio learning <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> here on the podcast. <laughs> so, we definitely like I listen to um audiobooks all the time and have listened to the Bible um a few times actually. The first I think the first time that I was assigned to read through like the New Testament all at once. I listened to it on um, CDs at the time and mm. it was fascinating because there were sound effects. And let me tell you, I was driving in the dark <laughs> during a uh, revelation and that was kind of scary. <laughs> um, so, cause they had like a soundtrack and sound effects and everything. So um, yeah, I definitely think like hearing the word of God, even if you do read it as well, there's something about the audio that different things stand out to me when I hear, um, when I hear the Bible read and so I think that's a just an additional way to learn for sure. Um mm-hmm. and I think people will really enjoy that.
1: Elizabeth, I, think, I feel like that's kind of like a nineteen nineties like thing that you might, that you would have done. Is am I right? Was. Or was it not that long ago?
0: Um it was when I was in seminary that I listened to that. Okay. One. Um, okay. So not that it was long like, ago. yeah. <laughs> I rented them from the church library, which is a nineties thing.
2: But there you go. <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, some people, when I talk about having the Bible app, read the Bible to you or me reading the Bible to people on this podcast and people think that that's, they'll say like, Oh, but that's cheating. You're not reading. (laughs) And I'm like, do you understand that for the majority of history, this is how people received scripture? <laughs> like, uh-huh. That's how most people got it. <laughs> and yeah. it's only, you know, in very recent years that people had access to printed books um, and, and could read even. Yeah. And so I don't think it's cheating at all.
0: I don't either. And I, I've had this discussion about regular audiobooks, like whether you can count those as books that you've read. And I'm like, I pay just as much or more attention when I'm listening to something <laughs> and like driving down the road than when I'm like reading it on a page. And so um, I'm always like, yes, it counts. Now, I don't say that I'm reading a book. I say I'm listening to it. But then after it's done, I'm like, oh, yeah, I read that one.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I say I read it with my ears. Yeah,
1: there you, there go. you go. There you go. Okay, Lee there's probably some things that our listeners do not know about you, even if they listen to your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we know a little scoop on you. Like, we, we realized that you were actually a cover girl. For a LifeWorks yes. <laughs> Christian Single magazine, <laughs> oh and you actually, and you had blonde hair at the time. So, I did uh, have
2: blonde hair.
1: Yeah, so we kind of
2: want to know about that a little bit. What was that about? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, at the time I was a musician, and um, my I lived in New York City, and my manager lived in Dallas, Texas, and he said. Um, I wonder what you would look like with blonde hair, which is, yeah, that's very Dallas. <laughs> True. Yes. And so, um, so, you know, we endeavored to bleach my hair blonde and that worked for a little while. And then, you know, as some women know, who've bleached their hair blonde, sometimes you get a chemical burn. And that was when I threw in the towel on being blonde and went back to my brunette roots. So <laughs> yeah, Love it. it's awesome. Fun fact, the, that picture was taken on the, the roof of Jerry Seinfeld's apartment building.
0: Oh, wow. That is a fun oh, fact. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we know that um, you've talked about being single a lot. And actually, one of my favorite episodes of Jamie Ivey's um, Happy Hour podcast is with you talking about your um, decision to remain single. And I think you talked a lot about how God has not promised, um, that in scripture that we all get married. And it's just something that I, um, our team was like, talk to her about that. And so, because I think we have a lot of women who listen who are single and maybe don't know what to make of that because they always thought they would get married. So is there anything that you would tell those women just to encourage them, um, as they maybe are living with that unfulfilled desire?
2: Yeah. Um, First of all, hi, single ladies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not easy being us for sure, but you know it is. I think I want I always want to push back on the narrative that we see. You know the Instagram narrative, the um, the well meaning girlfriend narrative of. Like, there's somebody out there for you. Just wait. God's got the perfect man just for you. And like, we don't know that. Right. And the numbers alone tell us that's not true because there are more single women in the church than single men. And so like, unless you're going to leave the church and leave the faith to marry somebody who's not a believer, then there's a chance you're going to die alone. And that is terrifying. But here's what's not terrifying. The Lord is sufficient for your joy. He's sufficient for not just for your survival. He's sufficient for your joy. He is enough. And so for me, in my singleness, there was there was a time where it just was like, this feels like singleness feels like what God is doing in my life. Like he has not brought anyone and I have tried everything. And I mean, from, you know. Like just anything you can think of, the singles groups at church, people setting me up, the apps, the all the things, and and like even just kind of like, oh, this is not my preference. I'm not attracted to this person, or I don't think we get along great. But he loves the Lord, so let's give it a shot, and mm-hmm. just try every. And it just none of it worked. And so I kind of opened my hand, and I said, I'm not gonna try anymore. And if God drops someone out of the sky, then great. Sounds good to me but I'm done wasting mental and emotional effort on something that has amounted to nothing. There are far more kingdom oriented things that I can do with my mind. Mm -hmm. And I want to put my mind toward those efforts. And so when I set out to do that, I stopped, I retired from dating is what I call it. I retired from dating (laughs) in, uh, in July uh, three years ago. So July, what was that? 2019, 2018. I don't remember, even remember. I don't know anymore what year. Yeah, <laughs> what, what,
1: what day is it? Yeah. Three years ago.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> three years ago. Um, and two months later was when I had the idea for the Bible recap. Mm-hmm. And so God really did clear out that space in my schedule. Um, and in my heart and my mind for me to be able to focus on kingdom things. And um, that's not to say that marriage is not a kingdom thing. It absolutely is. But I can't tell you how much time and energy I was wasting trying to track somebody down to marry me.
0: Mm.
2: And so I just kind of opened my hand and I said, like, for the foreseeable future, your girl is single. And if God has a different plan, he'll make that evident. But for right now, I'm not focusing any mental or emotional energy on this.
1: Yeah, I love that. I know. And I I bet there are some single women that you've just encouraged today. Mm -hmm. I mean, really to to know that there there are kingdom things out there and they can find joy in the sufficiency
2: of Christ. And I think that's really um,
1: a good word for Mm -hmm. a lot of single girls
2: out there. In His presence, there is fullness of joy.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think
0: it's so helpful to have other people speak into it that are single, because I think that that can sometimes seem trite coming from someone who is not single where they're like, well, just find all your joy in Jesus, you know, right. he's, <laughs> yeah. he's with you all the time. And so to hear yeah. that from someone that's living it out, mm-hmm. is definitely an encouragement. Um, I know to me and for, um, I've talked, had this conversation with multiple friends. And so I think I'll definitely be sending them this ep- episode and be like, listen
2: to this. Yeah. So it's, we live in a world that expects that, ex- especially of Christians. They mm-hmm. expect us to get mm-hmm. married. If don't, then something's off with us. Right? right. And then they say things that they don't even think how they're going to land on us. Things like, I never knew what love was until I held my child. And it's right. like, oh, cool. So I won't ever know what love is. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You yeah. know, um, those are things that I think we're becoming more sensitive to in the world to know what to say and not to say, but also as Christian women, just like not letting those things land on us as single women, just like, don't let it land on you. It's hard. It's hurtful. Nobody means to hurt you. Don't let it land on you. Find your sufficiency and your resolve in what the Lord says about you and in the place that he has called you to in this moment.
1: So good. Yeah. Well, our final question that we always ask of our, of our guest is that we are the Marked Podcast. So we want to know, what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ?
2: I feel like I'm cheating because my answer is the thing that has marked me the most, that has changed my life the most, that has like brought me the most joy is reading the Bible. And like, not just reading it once, like I'm on my 14th trip too right now. And like, I want to read it every day for the rest of my life. And I want, I want, I always want to start my day with the word of the Lord in my eyes and ears and heart. Like he is just the best. And I had no idea. How great he is until I read the Bible. Like, it's just, he's just the best. His word has marked me forever.
0: I love it. That's so perfect. The yep. perfect answer <laughs> for someone who does a Bible recap podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, thank you, Terry, Lee, for being on the show today. It has been a joy. Um, and I do mean that. In the fullness of the word. In the fullness been, of the word, yes. <laughs> it has been a delight to have you on here. And um, I know that I'm excited for this episode to air because I know it's going to be encouraging to a lot of people, um, both just in their personal walks and to encourage them to get in the word. And that is all of our goal. So
2: let's go, ladies. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Terry Thanks for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation with Tara Lee, you are going to want to pick up her Bible study that we talked about. It's called He's Where the Joy Is. And it is available for women and for teen girls. So you can learn more, find out everything you need at lifeway.com slash where the joy is. And we'll have a link in our show notes as well.
1: Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.B. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us.
0: You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at
1: LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.